0: do do It's the best show and it's Tom here and we're all in different places. It's me in Los Angeles and it's uh, 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 Pat Byrne in Brooklyn and it's Jason Gore in Manhattan and it's AP Mike in New Jersey. We're all going to just talk for a little bit and. You can have a little bit of fun, and I'm trying to think, that before we get started, there's a couple things I wanted to remind everybody is that we have on the Patreon, there is So Far, which is the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, year-by-year, exhaustive recap show that the four of us are doing, and it is up there for people who are subscribers to the Best Show Patreon at patreon.com slash the best show, and that's the way to get that. And it's really funny and entertaining and informative. I I really do think it's a great uh, fun thing, whether you're into Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young or not. And it's a kind of a learning thing for all of us. I definitely am realizing I'd like more of some of them and even less of others of them as we go through it. And it's the same for for Mike and Pat and Jason as well, where we're, it's kind of like a, a journey through our own, uh, our say. ultimately it is a journey through ourselves. It is not, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young are just the conduit to this journey through our own consciousness. Um, also, I'm doing a thing with Julie Klausner, a great show called Double Threat, which is on, um, the Forever Dog Network, they've been generous enough to let us use studios in the past, and they're a great group of people, and we're doing a show with them, and it's really funny, and we do that once a week. You can get that wherever you get podcasts and check it out if you want. You know Julie is the best guest in best show history. Uh, is that even arguably? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's a, oh, I think it's a lock, and... So we are doing show together, and it's a lot of fun. And the latest episode is Chris Gethard and Robin Colombo from McMillions is there. So that's that's it's 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 really funny and really uh, insane. And that's the latest episode. There'll be more insanity to come as well. And finally, I did a show of the Safdie Brothers have launched a uh, like kind of like a radio network podcast network thing. their their company is called Alara, E-L-A-R-A, and they have something at alara.fm, which is their podcast radio network thing. And I did a show called Bad Time, which is up there, and it's an hour-long collage music thing, which is, if you like the collages, this is the longest one yet, and it's up and it's, it's really good and I was happy to do it and it's up there. So go check that out if you want something you can, some, some instrumental type stuff and Alara FM. But now without further ado, let me bring on the, the, the crew, the dudes, the guys. Everybody loves them. It's
1: Pat and it's
0: Mike and it's Jason. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hanging in what? there? Yeah. yeah.
0: Is anybody watching anything? Are you watching uh, Last Dance? Is anybody watching Last Dance, the the uh, the ESPN document ten part documentary
2: of the Chicago Bulls? I am watching it. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's really good, right? Yeah. Um, the one on uh, Rodman and the uh, Detroit Pistons was really good. Yeah, it's at that point now
0: where because what they're doing is they're they're tracking the the last season of the Michael Jordan led Chicago Bulls and in the course of going through that last season they poke all around the timeline and cover the history of Michael Jordan and the history of Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and they show you the journeys that these guys took to be a part of this uh team in its final final run toward its their sixth championship
2: so I did, uh, I did just recently watch the Rodman 30 on 30 too. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was, that was something. Um, I didn't know his whole history, his, uh, his background growing up. I mean, that was a tough childhood he had. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I had no idea about all of that. So that was really interesting. That's out there, uh, just streaming, I guess, on demand. People mm. want to check that out too. Yeah, I'd like, I
0: I um I always had a, a soft spot for Dennis Rodman, even when he was on teams I didn't like. Mm-hmm. That's the actual road that it took for that guy to get where he got. He'd be, he be that he truly overcame the odds. Oh yeah, it's pretty amazing, uh, actually. Yeah, when you think about it, he really is. Uh, he just seems. He seems like kind of just like all right. I'm glad you're finding yourself, and I hope you keep finding. You're like, I hope you keep being happy. He deserves a little bit of whatever he got. He deserves what he got.
2: Yeah, I mean, when did when did that come out, the uh, 30 on 30? That that was relatively recent, right, last I'm, year?
0: I'm not sure when the Rodman 30 for 30 came out.
2: That. Yeah. But, I mean, he was still sorting it out there. I mean, you know, he's kind of quite openly still struggling. Yeah. So, uh you know, it's been a tough, tough road for him. Yeah, it's that's the thing
0: when when you've got when you're you're dealing with the issues he's been dealing with it's just like a, a lifetime of mental illness and and just the different struggles and stuff. It just doesn't like money doesn't make it just go away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, and uh, that said, I still carry a decent amount of envy of anybody with money because it's not fair. No, it's not. How about how about Pat and Jason what have you guys been up to?
3: Just hanging out, you know. It's what I guess week 7 of this. So, uh, yeah. Just uh, watching TV. So we've been burning through 30 Rock. We watched uh, Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Have you watched that yet, Tom?
0: I I have watched all of Too Hot to Handle. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Oh, well, Mike, let me tell you. (laughs) you. Imagine if you took 10 of the dumb (laughs) people and then you put them (laughs) on a (laughs) tropical resort yeah. And immediately started making plans for who was going to hook up with who. Uh-huh. And then you told, then suddenly you told them that there's a hundred thousand dollars on the table and you can't touch each other or have any interaction with any physical reaction with each other. Cause every time you do that number goes down.
2: <laughs> oh God. It's a hell of a concept. <laughs> I guess Netflix has gone all in on the uh the game show, reality game shows. I mean Yeah. I think wow. So. Wow. I'm
3: I'm here for it.
2: Okay. <laughs> no wonder I'm not watching it so much anymore. I yeah. I haven't really looked over there in a while. It's literally
3: the dumbest human beings on an island.
2: Uh-huh. What about Outer Banks? Somebody was talking about that. What is that? I watched the trailer for that, but I haven't
3: watched it. Also, is that supposed to take place in the outer banks of North Carolina? Because think- n- none of them have accents. I don't
2: know But
0: there's things like that when you watch Rocky, Rocky, no one has a Philadelphia accent in Rocky.
3: Yeah, that is true.
0: Like there's literally nobody. there's nobody yeah. talking with that Philly boy Roy accent, which is all it would be. but it's uh- same with always sunny. So like, yeah, always sunny. Nobody, nobody's walking into that bar with a Philly accent.
3: Yeah, Kristen just chimed in in the background and said, "But people on the outer banks have the worst accent." Mm-hmm. Um, which could be they could be similar to like the Tangier Island accent yeah. of Virginia, which is we call it call like this. It's mm-hmm. like there was this guy when we did, uh, um, model general assembly. In high school, my senior year of high school, we had to go to Richmond and come up with, uh, different ideas for bills that could be introduced and tried to pass. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to legalize, uh, speed detectors, okay. uh, or radar detectors, not speed detectors. Those were already legal. Um, but this one guy from Tangier Island was trying to save the sponge crab and he would pronounce them as sponge cry up. And every time he said that, we were just like, okay, yeah, that's, we can't take that seriously. This isn't going to pass, but I, I think that's, that's similar to the Outer Banks. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, when you see a show, like the way I, you know, the Sopranos is like my, like I see that because that's where I grew up and I relate to a lot of that. When you see, Jason, for you, when you see, like, the Ozarks, is that how that feels for you?
3: Or Deliverance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Then it's like, oh, man, I'm right back at home. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like I don't even have to go back. Yeah. I don't have to go to the family reunion because I can just turn it on and watch it on my TV. Yeah. And it makes you maybe get that
0: old banjo out, put it on your <laughs> menu, Right?
3: You know, that's the difference because in my family reunions, everybody's got the banjo. So. Oh, everybody. Yeah, of course. What do you get out then? The
0: the washboard. The
3: yeah. I like to play spoons. Play spoons, okay. Yeah.
0: And other people play. I'm sure what well, like a washboard, the like a, a kazoo, maybe. a bell. <laughs> yeah. It's like
3: a hotel, a hotel bell. They ding on that. They <laughs> just like
0: ring that ring that dinner bell. Right, yeah. Everybody know the the vittles are out.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, what are
0: you up to, Pat? Are you watching anything?
4: We just finished McMillions, and uh, I'm very excited to hear your your interview with with Miss uh-huh. Robin Columbo.
1: Yeah, because we it,
4: finished it late last week, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm just like you. Heard I really, really wish. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. You really wish. I'm sorry. Oh no, I really wish that I had seen it when you when we had um, that couple on from the movie, yeah. uh, which was Heather Jerry's Jerry's younger brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that was. How do you feel? How do you feel now, in retrospect, getting to know him a little bit from the documentary after having heard him on the show?
1: Um, <laughs> um you're not. Broken, I is what you're saying. I get it.
4: No, no. I I wanted to. I actually. i didn't mean to go back and list, re-listen to that interview that you and Mike did because now I now I get the whole picture. I mean, it was like. I there were so many things I wish I could have asked then and I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of a few things now Sure
0: um well there's no way we could ever get them back on the show that was <laughs> that was a window we had a window at it
4: <laughs> <laughs> or two it the window's up. closed yeah, yeah. yeah. No, trust me
0: we give Frank we give Frank yeah. on right now we want <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean we yeah. could we
2: could try and stir something up about the you know what what Robin had to say about Frank on the on uh double oh, yeah. threat.
0: On the double threat show, Robin was not a fan of Frank. She she was not kind.
4: Wow. Well she well she thought he was the informant. She even said he was at one of the end of the episodes. Yeah. And then it turned out to be the uh the flight attendant, right? No, oh, Frank's mother. Frank's mother. Frank's mother. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, a little fake out at the end there. Where- <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they tricked you, you know,
2: in that that last episode.
4: Yeah. Right. No, that was that was um that was a whole thrill ride. That whole thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Look, I I'll say this. I want. Um, I've said it before. I'll keep saying it until it comes true. <laughs> Anybody. Has any kind of scam, any kind of thing like that you need somebody to catch <laughs> it i'll do that in a second i'll be the person who just goes yeah i uh, I went and i bought a I bought a, a milkshake and I uh, got a thing and then they tore the ticket off and then it said a million dollars i'll stand most- up i'll go all the way down the line with that
4: but most of these people really got screwed i mean like with 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 the debt that they were supposed to you know, off put the, you know, to the uh, to Jerry and to oh to yeah both, to both Jerry's. It was like I I felt I felt so bad for for the one woman who still has a lien on her house. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. You no, know, I thought it was horrible. Look, I know I know Mike thought that was funny. I did
2: not think that was funny that she had. I, I don't recall saying that, but. Uh-
4: I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you know what I kept thinking about the most throughout the, throughout the whole watch? I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, here you have an entire division of the FBI, a headquarters in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Months before nine eleven, mm-hmm. and like, and there was one line where w- one of the higher ups was like. Everyone got pulled off cases. We were all working on this. Just like, well, maybe you could have been—I don't know—preventing nine eleven from yeah. happening. They, <laughs> they uh,
0: not been tracking the hamburger thing. So, so. Well,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. they were in Jacksonville. Come on. Yeah, you know it's like no, but, <laughs> but Slim pickings you know, down in Jacksonville
4: not I don't know, Mike. What, weren't some of the hijackers like uh, didn't they have a flight training in Florida or something? Oh no,
2: no, I, I'm not. Discussing that, I'm just talking about <laughs> the the group that was investigating the McMillions. You know, they yeah. that was the Jacksonville uh, office. You know, true,
4: uh, true, true. But yeah, it was.
2: There is something. It- there is
0: something so satisfying, though, about like you go, you watch the whole thing, and you're you're rooting for for uh, these guys to get caught, and. But then there's just a point when the documentary kind of shifts and then becomes like, we're kind of just like, yeah, they were really going after people who were just stooges. And yep. then you're just and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Wait, why was I so? I, I don't have this bloodlust to watch these slobs get punished.
4: <laughs> uh-huh. for have so their lives ruined, ruined for the, yeah.
1: Yeah. For thing,
4: lives like, were they ruined. Grabbed
0: a, they and grabbed
4: the thing <clears> they didn't even win at. They got it. Yeah. yeah. justice I mean, wasn't served at all. Yeah. Uncle Jerry, Uncle Jerry got out in like two and a half years.
0: Yeah. That's, my favorite that's... guy is my favorite guy coming away from that whole thing is I think probably your favorite guy too, Mike, is the guy who ultimately was just like, I'd do it again tomorrow.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The sleeves blow, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. I was
0: I was gonna bring him up. Think about it. That guy was in and out of jail for all sorts of things. Yeah. But they, like, show him, he's in a decent-looking house. Yeah. He's in a a nice-looking house. He's. It's like this guy. Crime (laughs) pays. (laughs) Pay him. Yeah, He he got paid. All the punishment that this guy for for doing wrong, it doesn't seem like he did that bad. Uh Did he even do, he did a little jail time, right? I think he did a little. I think it was. Yeah. Now, that guy, that guy played it right, I think. Find us on your podcast app of choice, or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com/slash Office Hours Live. who are the animals? Because I
1: don't smell them. And I'll, I'm just saying this. Anybody
0: you want you want another version of that? You're looking for another one of that guy. <laughs>
1: right
4: I was also really bothered by the, the one like kind of smart alecky younger guy that. Uh, was like hungry for the case. You know, I forget duh. his name. I forget his name. He was like he, he Oh yeah, yeah. The, the ham bone. What? Duh, he duh, he, he duh. was like a ham sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His shot throughout the entire documentary that it looks like they got in like one long take. Mm-hmm. Um, or they they cheated it so it looked like it was supposed to be his office. Just mm-hmm. having having worked in production, I just know that they took the corner part of a conference room got his name played and put some dumb FBI thing in the top right third and just like called it a day. And they're like, yeah, this will make it look like it's his office. And every time I saw this shot, I'm just like, Oh, they just made a conference room look like a little different. And it just, I don't know. It was
0: dressed up to just kind of. Oh yeah.
4: It was ball. like, it was so lazy and it just really bothered me the whole time.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Doug, well, he seems like an entertaining guy. You laughing, yucking it up with yeah. this. Guy. <laughs> I don't want to be on the wrong side of that guy, though. <laughs> like when it's not when it's not uh, when it's not comedy time with that guy. Uh-huh. When it's not clown time anymore. When the camera's off. When The camera's off. <laughs> yeah, the roll the the sock full of quarters. It's <laughs> not, yeah. not so funny anymore when you're when you're in an interrogation room and they're knocking uh-huh. you around. Yeah, then Doug. Doug is not a
2: laugh riot. Then
4: Doug's uh, definitely the one who sent that fax to the to, to the press people. Probably. Oh yeah, no, they
2: they said as much, you know. But he but he didn't have the guts to admit it on camera. for He didn't some have reason. the guts
4: to admit it. But, he, he, but you know what I thought was even crazier? Why on earth, in the top right corner of a speed dial at an FBI agency, would you put yeah. <laughs> would you put on speed dial the press? Yeah, that's that's an accident. way to happen. Yeah. I mean, what is this guy faxing
0: over, uh, jokes for the <laughs> weekend <laughs> update? <laughs>
1: uh
0: huh. I got it on speed dial because I just like to send in, uh, my, my witty one liners. <laughs> yeah. Mike, that's one of the ways I got my start in writing. I used to fax jokes to, uh, the New York Post, Peter Vesey. Oh, really? NBA columnist Peter Vesey. He would run jokes in it. Uh huh. You know? And, um, like he would just put like little sports, like little basketball jokes. And then I just started faxing them in. And then I started, started getting in the, they started using them uh-huh. just on your own or did you have a connection there? I just started sending them in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I found out his fax number. I found out that if you fax them in, he'll give you credit. Like <laughs> he'll rub your joke. If he thinks it's funny. And then I would just check the post every, uh-huh. uh, his column was like three times a week, and I would have there's there's post headlines, post jokes that just like uh, Tom Sharpling says, you know that they're oh, – wow. blah blah blah, like, <laughs> like like corny, the corniest jokes ever. Do you remember yeah. any of them? Um, just saying, like one time I remember they that the the the, the New Jersey at that time the New Jersey Nets drafted. Uh, I think they drafted a guy named Yinka Dare, who was like a, a like not a not a not a great player, but also like kind of like a kind of like a, a grouchy kind of like not not a not a great guy. He's he's dead now, so I don't want to be too you know. But it was just I think I said that the reason the Nets draft because the Nets also were a team full of complainers at that point, like Derek Coleman and Kenny Anderson and Chris Morris. And I said the reason the Nets drafted Yinka Dare. It, they drafted Yinka Darae so they could have someone that could complain in multiple languages.
1: <laughs> That's a good
0: one. <laughs> and that was kind of, that was actually my first published joke stuff was
2: uh-huh. there. And it's, and it's, it's probably all gone now with the demise of the fax machine, right? The idea of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess
0: the idea of the fax rolling off the, rolling out and I mean people used to fax jokes the weekend update I remember I had friends who would do that and then every yes. once in a while they'd get something
4: on air it was just like a challenge uh-huh yeah yeah my I I missed that window uh, some friends of mine did it to successful you know to successfully got jokes on that way and then by the time I got around to like you know almost getting the number they stopped doing that altogether yeah. Yeah. Um when but I did submit. Are there still know.
0: jokes getting faxed? Is there just a fax machine somewhere up with thirty rock?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, constantly going off. But there's still like people
0: from <laughs> around the world faxing through, yeah. faxing through uh, uh Kardashian jokes. <laughs> Who did you try to get jokes? You sent stuff into SNL Pat?
4: I said a few times, yeah. Um I sent you know to we when weekend update was still taking jokes from strangers um to be like to be considered to be on the uh like they got rid of the fax line but they had you could you could pitch jokes and if they like if you if they liked to page of your jokes then you would be considered in the pool of people that you know you could contribute weekly to mm-hmm. by email and i submitted two years in a row i think it was like twenty fifteen twenty sixteen
3: yeah i did i did um, those years as well yeah you know, didn't get it yep but
4: yeah. Twenty sixteen, if I remember trade.
3: correctly, that's the year they stopped doing it. So Yeah, that was the final year. Right. So. Twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah. Good year.
0: Great man became president. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: Harry, one of us voted for him. Yeah. Are you
0: drinking <laughs> uh hydrochloroquine, Mike? Are you <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs>
2: What do Mike? What do you got to lose? He snorts you know, What do I? What do I have to lose? Mike. No, you know what? You know what I find myself doing, and, and it's probably not healthy. You know, this is this is the worst time for the internet, I would say. Mm. I, I, I don't know if you guys are like taking deep dives into the news every day, day and, and then just going on Twitter or Facebook and seeing what people are talking about but you know i'm doing that and then i'm seeing all the, the conspiracy theories that are going on out there mm-hmm. and then i'll get in these threads where i'm trying to pr- provide a balance of sanity um the other day i spent almost like the entire afternoon going back with people i don't even really know well it's it's the brother it's the brother of a, a woman i dated who i you know i met a few times i don't know him that well but he's a, he's a true blue uh, Trump supporter. And then, like, he had some cronies. So I get involved in this, one of his posts. And then I'm, yeah, before I know it, the afternoon is shot. And I've been posting links to different articles. And, you know, it's getting a little, yeah, I, I got to step away, I think. No, that's, um, it's, it can get maddening.
0: And it's very, it happens very quickly, too.
1: That mm-hmm.
0: suddenly you realize, like, oh, Oh no! Twenty minutes has gone by. Oh no! Forty minutes has gone by, and you're just you got you've been drawn in.
2: Oh yeah, and I'm I'm writing not re- even like writing you know one sentence replies. I'm writing out like paragraphs. Yeah, and, and then I look back on it, and I'm like, you know, when I when I post it, I'm like, you know, I, I do shut some people up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm de- I, you know I'm I'm dealing with a broad broad crowd here. I, I mean, some of these some of these guys are masses people. And this one guy in particular is that every day he's relentless with stuff. He, you know, his his style is just to stir stuff up. I don't even know that he believes all the stuff that he, he posts. I think he just likes, you know, putting it out there and see what see what happens. Yeah, but I, you know, and I've tried to resist, you know, responding to him, but you know, sometimes I can't, and I get drawn in. I write these paragraph long things. So sure. so if I can write something that will shut up all the other idiots, I feel like, you know, that was an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't reply to me, you know, because there's a lot of strangers that are, are, are reading it and, yeah. and, 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 you know, they're ready. They, they, they want to come at me. I know they do.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
2: think that if, if I, you know, if I, if it's articulate enough and, you know, they see that I can really, you know, bust their balls pretty good, it shuts them up. And and I feel, I feel a sense of honor. <laughs> If I can do that, I mean this is bizarre. Yeah. I know, but uh, you yeah, know, look, Mike,
0: it's 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 there's a reason why when we met, B Buster was the name. <laughs> yeah, and I listened to the first call, your first call. I listened to last week. Uh huh. Then they send it to me. And you wanna know what was the most amazing thing about it? Nothing it's not yeah. dynamic. Our dynamic I didn't know you at that point, and our dynamic defined itself on that call and for seventeen years. It me. It's uh-huh. winding me up and me pushing back. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was literally it was fully formed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can we put that call at on this show? Is that possible? Uh, do you guys do either? of You
2: anybody know where that is? I can track it down if we do you sure. If I'm you pretty can, sure, it's, it. it's yeah. I think it's maybe the first week December, uh, 2003. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it might be around d- December. What are you listening? <laughs> That it didn't yeah, a funny thing is about that call, Tom, I didn't realize that, like, a whole year elapsed before I, I, I came on the show. Uh-huh. I, I thought I had called, like, in December, and then I was on the show in March because
1: uh-huh.
2: I, I, I started around marathons on it.
1: Yeah,
0: it's a really funny call, too, because you're you're trying to wind me up on it, and I'm making fun of you back and pushing back. <laughs> And it's just like literally nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> With us, we're playing the same parts. Um, that would be really funny if if uh, if we could put that on this show. I think that would be a, a like after we wrap up talking. That would
2: be a fun call to end the. the fun did moment. it? Did it ever go out as a gem? Maybe put it out as a gem. I don't know. Mike, we're gonna drop it on the main feed. <laughs> okay. On the
0: main, the main yeah. feed, Mike. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's bigger than gem material. Uh,
1: okay. Um, what else is going on? Jason, Matt.
4: Not too much. Just kind of living day to day, and
2: you guys are still working, get, in, right? You're working. To from to home? get in used
4: to it. Yeah, get working from home. Um. Which has its advantages, disadvantages. You know, it's it keeps you busy, keeps your mind not thinking about stuff. But at the same yeah. time, at the so same so time, it's you know, who's,
0: who's the- cooking? Are you cooking, Pat?
4: <laughs> no. What? Does it sound like like there's a like a pot on or something?
0: No, no, no. I'm just asking in general if this if this quarantine situation.
4: Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant like the you know if there was a sound going on in the background. No, no. No, 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 no. yeah. Yeah, I've I've been making a bunch of food. Um
0: What is your specialty?
4: I made ZD. Okay. Uh that was followed by a great recipe Mindy found. Mindy Mindy's been cooking a lot more than me. I got to no. give her her props, but uh but I've been trying to cook and offset you know, I'll handle the dishes if, if sure. I don't if I don't cook. But
1: you'll you'll
0: you'll you you'll be responsible for your portion.
4: But then on the weekends I'll cook, or you know we'll we'll trade it off. Um, yeah, I made a pretty good ziti. Um, that was with like turkey sausage and three different kinds of cheese. Just comfort food and stuff that we'll keep for a few days and make for a few meals, stuff like that.
0: How about you, Jason? Do you do any cooking?
3: Yeah, we're doing a lot of cooking. Of course, like Kristen's the one that cooks and the most. Like I'll do, I'll do like taco salad or I'll make spaghetti, but she's been doing like slow cooked bolognese and. Sure. Uh, well, what else is it, f- fetici- Carbonara. Mm hmm. Pernell with rice and beans. Oh, that sounds great. Um, yeah, she's been, she's been cooking amazing meals. So much so that's like before all this, we were eating out a lot, like just take out just because yeah. we were so busy. And now whenever we do get take out, it's just like, Oh man, my stomach doesn't feel as good as when I was just eating the stuff we're cooking here. So,
1: uh
3: huh.
0: So yeah, then, when she makes that, do you feel like the carbonara effect?
3: I do, I do. Uh, suddenly, there's just magic tricks that I can't explain.
1: Yeah. Well, you. Or no do I want to make the
3: food disappear? That's yeah. your, mystery, right? Yeah. That's your carbonara. effect. That's my carbonara effect. He makes
0: delicious carbonara.
4: <laughs> Has anyone checked in on that guy during this
3: pandemic? He's still wandering a mall.
0: Yeah, he's probably somewhere in Atlanta, wearing a uh, fake mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Like anytime you see somebody, I think it's a good rule of thumb. Anytime you see somebody with a little bit, that just looks like a really unnatural looking fake mustache. And if they have too many things like glasses and a mustache and a hat on, they're, um, they're probably, you're probably on a reality magic show. Yeah. Any
3: show on true basically.
0: Cause also when the person over talks, if somebody like that, if you run across somebody with a, with a baseball cap and a mustache and glasses and they're talking to you a little too much,
1: uh-huh.
0: then you, you really are probably on a reality, on a reality magic show. But if they suddenly do a magic trick or something weird happens that you don't know how it happened, you're definitely on, you're definitely on a magic show.
3: So beware! <laughs> sold by by magicians. One hey, thing, man. one thing that happened uh, since the last uh, time we chatted, best show style, uh, was UCB New York closed. That's right. The uh, Upright Citizens
0: Brigade Theater in Hell's Kitchen, which and the tra- is was the training thing in that building also.
3: Training center was on Eighth Avenue, but it closed as well. Okay. They're still doing online classes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, cl- the difference is they own the theater in L.A. and I think the rented the the Franklin Theater in L.A. is much mm-hmm. cheaper than anything here in sure. New York. But it was still, uh, yeah, it was still, uh, still a hit.
0: Now that's a real, it's a real bummer. It's like a lot of, I mean, it's it's you know the stuff that's come out of that place. And over the years, and um, do you, I don't think it's done done in New York though.
3: No, I don't think so either. I don't think it's going to come back at the size that it was. I think it's going to come back very, very small.
0: Which might not be a oh, look. I'm not rooting. I'm not saying like any kind no, of like, I no. No,
3: completely. It, awesome. it it may it may be a good thing for it here in New York. Yeah. I and agree. maybe other theaters, yeah. other people will open theaters and branch out. Maybe it's
4: because it got real big. The theater was huge. Yeah, yeah, and, um, it, and that's mean, New York City rent. Yeah, yeah.
3: I did get a th- I did get a calendar uh, reminder last
4: Wednesday to do my show that night. Oh, Jason. Yeah. I, I <laughs> that felt one bad. Hit pretty hard. I, I felt bad for you so. more than anyone because you were mid run of Yeah. Jason Gore mid Jason Gore's midlife crisis. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I I that was probably one of the few shows I did see in the in the Hell's Kitchen space, mm-hmm. which was a which was a fine space, but there were there was something magic about the Chelsea space. Oh god, and, yeah. Like there was something weirdly magical. I I did I was been sad when when the beast closed
1: mm-hmm.
4: um I was very sad when uh when the original theater closed on 22nd street mm-hmm. um and for a second there nobody including the 4UCB thought that the theater was going to come back after that point like mm-hmm. they they've been through you know closures in the past too i mean this was like yeah they were definitely in limbo after 22nd street and i think on kind of a fluke they got Chelsea, which ended up being one of the greatest spots they ever had. Yeah. Um. But like, I, I was lucky enough to perform at the Hell's Kitchen one a few times. I saw Jason's amazing show there and it, w- it was, a, it was an all right space. It's, but it was, it's really it, massive.
3: Yeah, it was massive. It was different. The thing that I liked about it though, like I, I always loved performing on that stage, like the size of the stage and being able to like see and hear the audience was really cool. I mean it was nothing like being right there basically in the audience's lap of Chelsea. Yeah. Um but uh you know I always I always liked uh, Hell's Kitchen, you know, it's way more... out there ba- basically in the river, but still it was a uh, I it was I'll I'm always going to have fond memories of that theater.
0: Sure. Cuz I mean I know two of the things that you really enjoy in in things is you enjoy a lack of parking and you you're 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 not a fan of air conditioning <laughs> you know i, yeah, I look those <laughs> up
3: I, I make sure anywhere i go on TripAdvisor has <laughs> those as like the amenities like those specifically listed as amenities like yeah. no parking no air conditioner
2: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna miss the shows the, the only shows i went to both times uh chock full of kids <laughs> and, I, and I'm just waiting to see what happens once the profanity starts flying. Oh. And, you know, what the parents are going to do. You know, it's it's this tension. this this tension in the audience that uh, builds up.
3: I will never forget, like, peeking through. Because I always like to peek before a show. Mm-hmm. I would peek through the curtain just to see what the crowd looked like. Yeah. And I looked right through that curtain. And here's Mike just kicking back a brew with, like, <laughs> Four, four eight-year-olds <laughs> yeah. right up against him.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh huh. And yeah. it was, and I, I loved it so much. I got uh, the people from the other show that was paired with me to like come and peek. Like you got my friend Mike. You got to come look at this. And Mike's just happily just kicking back a beer with these kids right there with him. Like if they had beers in that case, they probably would have kicked them back the same way because they learned from Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike, yeah. Um
2: and 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 you know and the, and the kid laughed at one of the dirtiest lines, and I'm like, oh, okay,
3: you know, in the guy. other show, not my show, I didn't have any <laughs> filthy lines in mine. No, no. no. And then you yeah.
4: gave him a beer. Yeah,
2: no. Yeah.
3: Well, you earned this, kid.
2: <laughs> so much for being a good guy. You know, I moved all the way to the middle of the aisle so nobody had to climb over me. You know, I try to be a good guy.
0: A whole family sits next to you. This world is not built for good guys anymore. <laughs> The, look, I remember. I remember going to. I remember when the UCB, when the four of them moved to New York. I remember when I literally remember when they showed up and when they started doing shows at uh, Luna Lounge. And I then I saw Saigon Suicide Squad a, a bunch of times, which was their long form scripted show at a theater on Seventeenth Street. And then I remember when they got their own theater on that one was on twenty second. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, then between was, sixth and seventh. Yeah, that was some of the best stuff I've ever seen in my life was at that twenty second street theater. Um I would go see ASCAT every week there. It was the absolute best. And um then they moved to Chelsea and I mean my favorite theater was the 22nd Street Theater. I don't I thought the one down in the basement was not as much fun as the 22nd Street one even though it had too much air conditioning. At that point like the air conditioner would rattle from the back of that room at that place. Oh god, yeah. You got seats at the back of the 22nd Street Theater, you kind of couldn't hear what was going on. The pipes would constantly hiss. Yeah. Just but in I the middle that. of a show. I saw some of the best things I've ever seen in my life there. Um, and then they moved and then they moved again. And I just think, I think it's not going to be easy, but I think they're going to, f- they'll figure another thing out again because the, yeah. the, the root of it is a demand and a love for, for this kind of comedy and, I I believe they will figure it out in one form or another. So I I mean, not that it's not not to take it lightly.
3: No, no.
2: I hope so. That's
3: the hope. Yeah.
4: Um, Yeah. I I thought
2: I I read that. uh, I I mean, was there a time where they would just sort of bounce from venue to other venue? Yeah, and and there was a time
4: after it was after Twenty Second Street. They they were kind of a homeless theater group that was you know there was another. small theater company on 22nd street that was closer to Sixth Avenue that they were starting to have, they they moved like ask hat and a few other shows there temporarily. Uh Um, I was taking a class with Ian Roberts at the time, uh, a sketch writing class. It was the one and only class I ever took at UCB. And it was in this weird, you know, iteration where they were kind of like losing the theater. very suddenly it happened very suddenly when they lost 22nd street. And then, and I was in the middle of this class, and I remember asking Ian at the end of that uh, cl- at that class, I was like, "What's going to happen?" He was like, "Oh, he's." It he kind of was just like the theater will always exist somewhere mm-hmm. in New York, and we'll we'll make we'll still do shows, and it'll be somewhere. It just might not be in in a building. We might have a yeah. home in a the theater. And then, like, it was only a matter of months, and somehow, like, I think it was a fluke circumstance that that they got Chelsea. And I agree with you, Tom. I think that the you know at first i was i i didn't like chelsea at all because there was something really magic and small and perfect and like punk rock about that 22nd street theater i think mean, i'll still i've i'll i have fond memories of being a high school kid junior year and senior year of high school and early college just going to that um theater and like you know janine garofalo would be in the crowd and and people from SNL and it was just nuts. We might've been at some of those shows together. Who knows?
1: We oh, were, sure. I'm sure.
4: <laughs> it was so, it was just crazy. But, um but then, yeah, at first I didn't really, I didn't really like Chelsea, but then certain shows really honed in and I realized like they could never exist anywhere else. Like whiplash was one of those where you could just, you know, walk in on a Monday night to the Chelsea location, like, mid show like after the line and you could stand in the back like after all the lines died down that was like one of the free stand up shows that they had mm-hmm. yeah and you, and you could just go and it was like the best names in new york city stand up right. every week it was crazy
1: yeah
0: it's unbelievable yeah. and um no i i feel like it's a hard they've got a, it's going to not it's not going to be easy but there's it's just too. It's too big of a thing that it can't be can't be navigated in some form.
3: No, so, I agree. I agree.
0: Hopefully, we can. Uh, maybe this is a chance for us to move in, Mike. Right? Best show, oh. best show, the best show theater.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Right? Does uh, Kevin Smith still have that place where he does his podcast? Pretty sure he doesn't. No. I'm pretty sure the the SMODcast theater. <laughs> yeah.
3: Wasn't it called the Smod Castle, <laughs> the Smod
1: Castle or yeah. something?
0: Didn't it have like a name? It did. It was called the Smod Castle.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, I missed that part of it, which I think was the it was the same the same type of thing the way um, the same type of thing the way they just took they take some theater and they slapped like when Chevy Chase did his talk show they just suddenly some theater in L.A. was now the Chevy Chase Theater. Yeah. It was like. Then the second the thing falls apart, they just put the other name back on it.
3: <laughs> so they changed the Chevy Chase Theater pretty quickly is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, so those those letters come down pretty fast.
3: Yeah, they That's went up and down in the same day pretty much.
0: Yeah. Now, Mike, did did fighting with all these people online bring back a little, a little of the old... Uh, the chops? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's kind of like uh it's in me and it's got to get out you know every once in a while just, <laughs> just get- to start to mix it up yeah. i mean i i got into a, did we talk about me getting into a little back and forth with kevin smith on on twitter We've, we touched on it
3: at i think the last time we spoke on an episode okay. but then
2: immediately after
3: the episode you fired off another one at him. <laughs> well, did he respond to that
2: one no we, we didn't have much it didn't go back and forth okay. but i was surprised that he responded to it because i mean the, i i wasn't even well i i did put his <laughs> i put his twitter address in a response i was responding to somebody else uh-huh. about it, something entirely different and then i i had just watched uh the reboot so i i mentioned it you know it was it was bad yeah. and uh You know, my criticism now is that like he makes these things, they're so inside, you know, what if somebody's coming in for the first time? They're not going to understand half the, half the dialogue. It doesn't make sense. The only thing I'll say, Mike, take a look at the show you're on. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) It's it's funny, you know, uh, you know, I'm sort of reconnecting with a lot of people I haven't spoken to in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh recently, you know how Facebook says people you might know, they have that feed. Yeah, yeah. And, and this guy came up who I remembered, you know, from the eighth grade. We weren't really in classes. We went to the same high school, too, but we weren't in the same classes. But like in seventh and eighth grade, we were in the school together. And I remember this guy was a lot of fun. We had a, you know, he was smart and funny. And we had a lot of uh, a lot of good times. So so I uh sent him a friend request and then he replied, He you know, he, he replied to me and then he sent me a nice little note, you know, saying that, like, you know, when he when he responds to people's uh, friend requests, you know, he doesn't normally look at their their feed. You know, it doesn't go too far with their feed. You know, it's like he'll look for a little bit, whatever. So he sent me this note saying, you know, oh man, I, you know, I, I read all your posts. I was having a good time. And I was like, oh, that, that was nice. It was a nice compliment, you know, and considering, you know, I haven't, haven't been in touch with this guy in such a long time. Uh-huh. But, uh, there's been a few guys I've been reconnecting with like that. And, uh, so it's, you know, that's, that's probably going to be one little good thing that'll come out of all this craziness. That's nice. You get back, yeah.
1: You
0: get, uh you get back in touch with people you lost that fell fell out of the the
1: fell out of your rotation exactly that's nice yeah it is what else is going on guys anything
3: well i'm going to put my show up online so
1: Which I'll, I'll, you put the, since
3: since i can't really do it live anymore i figured i you know have a very i have a good film of it and so that's going to be online soon. So people will be able everyone can see it then.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And that'll go up. Uh, obviously we will tell everybody about where, yeah where we are and what, uh, that this is out there and everybody can watch it and see you do midlife crisis. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's exciting. Oh, you know, we're trying to figure out ways to make the best out of, out of certain things here.
3: Yeah, because it's like, I don't I don't know if I'll ever perform that version of the show again after all of this. It's hard to say. Maybe I will, but, you know, for now, will put it up. Who cares?
0: Now, do you think people are going to just be like, when this is all over and people can go back to, but when it's like not completely 100% back to normal, but like if theaters, for example, have things where it's just like every other row is for sale or, you
3: know, where... Would just like split up so people feel like they have space.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, just to keep some sort of distance to yeah. make a public place available, like a theater. It was yeah. Like movie theaters for so that final week before they pulled the plug on everything, were were doing a thing where every other row was closed, mm-hmm. so you couldn't be right next to somebody that you didn't know. Like, and and you had to alternate seats. Within your row, I think, or so. Like it was just like they're really trying to build in spacing like that.
3: Did you um, see him? Did you go to a movie before this all shut down? About like that?
0: No, I didn't get. I was yeah. gonna go. Uh, I saw the Impractical Jokers movie um, at like a ten o'clock show on a Sunday, and um, ten o'clock on a Sunday night spacing was not exactly the uh, <laughs> not exactly an issue. Yeah. That screen, we were all able to arrange our own version of social distancing. Right. Before this was a thing, we were, we were socially distancing in that, that, uh, that
3: 10 PM Sunday night screening. Yeah. Uh, But no, I I agree with, I think that's probably what we're going to see for, I guess, the next few years as we slowly reopen out of all of this. And, but it's still like, you know, we're still at the beginning of this thing. So. Who who knows what it's going to look like? I mean, it could look completely different in a month.
0: Would you be willing to perform um, midlife crisis in a hazmat suit? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In Washington Square Park.
4: Yes, I would totally do it. Or maybe one of those beekeeper suits.
3: Yes. I'd probably feel better in a hazmat suit. I don't know if a beekeeper suit. That's Uh just for bee stings, right?
0: All funny. right. Well, what if? Well, then, what if we go a little further? What if it's?
3: What if you're wearing both? 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 <laughs> I will put both on and perform. Because I mean, you don't want to get yeah. stung by a bee either. No, I don't. I mean, I'm not allergic, <laughs> but it hurts. It would hurt to get stung by a bee, and it would be very
0: unfortunate to get uh, coronavirus.
3: Yeah. So I'm covering all bases there.
0: You feel like certain subtleties would get lost if you were performing the show inside two. <laughs>
3: I think pretty much everything, uh-huh. all of it would, would fade away. And I think people would probably focus also like, I don't see people coming to the park to see me. So I would just be performing this for whomever's already in the park. Right. Yes, You would be performing this by the water fountain.
1: By right. the
0: and people would, have literally no context for what was going on, <laughs> except for the fact that there's a guy out there who seems to be flailing
4: around yeah in two two protective two protective suits, which yeah. also muffles your audio it makes you Completely. a little more in, inaudible yeah yeah,
3: so I'm out there trying to do like dr Phil yeah' so This well, crazy if, guy in two what suits a little dr. headset what if we got a little headset and a little amp. <laughs> I, would say, I think that would make it even more insane for them to clearly hear this yeah. big dude in two awesome. protective suits. Yeah, it was crystal clear. <laughs> Except you're, da- you're
0: drenched
3: in sweat. Yeah. Because it's the summer also. And you can hear it just hitting the mic too. Oh, and like my lips awesome. just like. You're rolling off your face. <laughs>
0: You're you're in there performing yeah. mid August.
3: Yes, mid August, New York heat.
0: Yeah, doing my show, and then you have like a little bucket for people to throw money in, and you and then somebody invariably steals it. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you have no, you have no line of sight through this
3: thing. Even if I do, I don't want to mess up my lines to call yeah. out that my my money's been stolen.
0: Yeah, your vision is completely uh, limited. Um, Yeah.
3: I sit down at the end of it and just breathe heavy for 15 minutes and get up and do it all over again. Back into the fountain. Yeah. Guy in the hazmat
0: suit is floating in the fountain. I think (laughs) you should check on him, make sure he's okay. Yeah. Because I think it's worth considering.
3: I would, uh, yeah, I, I I will look into it. I'm open to it. I'm not. I'm not shutting it down.
0: Look, I'm, I think, of course, the traditional version of the show, where people see your face and can see when you do Doctor Phil that you're wearing a little mustache and bald Right. Hat, that's the preferred version of the show, of course. That's the one I
3: would like people to see. Yeah. yeah.
0: I still feel like a, a hazmat version, though. <laughs> Would be the version people would not forget.
3: Would I add a new hazmat specific character, or no, is that just no. I, that's calling that too much attention to it?
0: No, I think you to go the other. Yeah, I think you'd be. You don't want to play to the. You don't want to play the cheap seats. No, and start catering
3: your thing towards hazmat based material. Yeah, because a lot of people are doing that right yeah. now.
1: Yeah, forget that.
3: Have you heard much quarantine comedy?
1: Love like, song parodies. Yeah,
3: okay, <laughs> now I have seen that.
2: <laughs> yeah, did well, you like Did you like my pandemic song, Tom?
3: Mike, you're gonna, you're,
2: I think I might have missed it. <laughs> Check out, uh, the Hollywood Horses on Twitter. Hold on, I'm, twi- I'm at Twitter right now. What am yeah, I? So,
1: uh,
2: well, I, I don't have the tweet here. Was well, it on your Twitter well, yeah, i mean i I wrote the lyrics like one night I just had a few beers i had like I had the opening line about the the night the pandemic hit Bayonne. I was in a bar, and uh the whole bar started singing californication so i I thought that was some sort of ill omen, so I was like you know that was like the beginning of the song, and then one night I was on Twitter I was having a few beers, I was actually having a few shots too. Mm-hmm. and i i started writing the rest of it out and uh you know i tweaked it the next day but you know i i sort of wrote it in one sitting okay and then, and then literally like the next day uh andrew hollywood but it, it's it's the hollywood horses on uh twitter um he did a version of it and it was great you know i'll i'll tweet it out again or whatever yeah.
1: You know what,
0: I, you know what I, uh, I, I have it here. I have his account here.
2: Okay, I'll find this song. Now was he? I wasn't quite sure. There's there's a connection to uh, old paint here. I think. What's that? There's there's some connection to old. Remember the band Old Paint? Yes. Now I, th- I think I think he was in Old Paint. Am I getting this correct? I, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, Okay. I'll
0: That's find your- this. Um, The, uh, yeah, this, okay, well, I'll check that out. I'm sorry I missed it. Um, you know what I did watch, Mike? I watched the band documentary.
2: Which one is that?
3: Once we're brothers. I never saw that. Yeah, that, yeah. A, that came out like last year, I think?
0: It came, it was, or it was this year. It came this out. This year?
3: Okay. On yeah. Um, how was that? It's, uh, Everything you'd
0: think it would be. I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen a band more confident of their of their greatness than <laughs> these guys. <laughs> and it's Robbie Robertson telling the whole story. Oh, uh, okay. And it's yay you'll you'll get your fill on that one because he's always like We've locked in and when we started playing Oh uh, yeah! We realized that we had hit upon something. You know, it's like, oh my god, you were really impressed by yourself, and yeah. the, then you hear the music, and you're just like, this sounds like third-rate NRBQ or something.
2: Our <laughs> like <a> band. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree regarding the music, but I mean, since it is a Robbie Robertson, it sounds like he was sort of in control from the beginning. I you know,
0: completely control the whole thing.
2: Yeah. 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 Maybe that's why I ignored it. I mean are there any interviews with uh, Levon Helm in it at all or yeah, but they're archival because he's dead. Right, so right, right.
0: Archival right. interviews with most of the people, but it's not, but it's Robbie in present day telling the story.
2: Uh I got it.
0: Yeah. It's um look, I like five songs by the band. Uh uh-huh. I think they have five great songs. The Wait Mm-hmm. Stage fright. Night they drove old Dixie down. Shape I'm in, and that's it. It's four
2: four great songs. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't a, make it. Couldn't make it to the fifth.
3: No, I shall be released. That's not them. That's a Bob Dylan song. Well, they they recorded a version of it. No yeah, whisper.
2: No like. whispering pines.
3: That song sucks. Oh come on. <laughs> Are we doing the band next? What's that band after CSNY? I I can answer that right now. No. no.
0: (laughs) What's that one song where they're like, and it's like, it's like, uh,
1: uh. oh, the
0: heavy organ. Yeah. Uh. What is that? It sounds like Bad Deep Purple. (laughs) My woman from Tokyo. Like it sounds like they're playing that song. Or Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yeah, Oh no, that's an insult, that's an insult to Keith Emerson.
1: <laughs> Emerson's not going to stink the
0: join up like Garth Hudson. <laughs> Keith Emerson had the decency to put on a show, throws and throws some knives at his keyboard every. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's it's. It, I think you'll enjoy it, Mike, as you like those guys.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, you. if it, if it's a Robbie Robertson uh, puff piece. Uh... I don't think i like it that much.
0: Yeah. So he's like, and then Bob came and he heard the song, The Weight. He's like, who wrote this? And I was like, I wrote it. He's like, you wrote this? It's like, <laughs> oh, come
3: on. It's just like, <laughs> How many times does he say that in the documentary? Is this <laughs> something that just keeps popping up?
0: It's just, it's just, it's just a giant
3: backpack. It's like, <laughs> oh, whatever. It's like the Tony it's like the Tony Banks portions of the Genesis documentary. Yeah. And then he also says on it, he goes, uh, We were working on
0: we figured we'd do the last band and then we'd go our separate ways and then we'd come back together and we'd go find something bigger <laughs> together. Uh-huh. But somewhere along the way we forgot to come back together. And it's just like <laughs> they didn't. The rest of the guys still played as the band. You're the only one you're the only one that didn't.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, actually, actually, yeah, I saw a uh, a version of the band without Robbie Robertson at the Capitol Theater. But he, in, in I, the guy,
0: He's pretending that none of them ever did a thing again. Yeah. So, no, the rest of those guys say, you just didn't want to be involved in it. <laughs> the rest yeah. of them remembered to come back together. He makes it sound like they never once did another <laughs> thing ever again. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, The other four guys picked it back up.
2: Whatever. There's a uh, half hour uh, Q and a from a a screening in New York with Robbie Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: seriously, if you, I want to know how I would, I would watch, I would listen to that. Um, All right. I I have to get back to work actually. So I have to wrap it up.
3: And by that, you mean finish listening to the, the next batch of episodes for so far, Correct
0: exactly I gotta like a manassas album yeah (laughs) hello best show you have received a call from an inmate at Newbridge Federal Penitentiary for the criminally flagrant to accept the charges say
5: I accept um yeah yeah I'll accept the charges hi Tom it's the one and only Newbridge Ransacker you know the buzz around prison is you've been keeping it real and entertaining the masses during this very trying time in world history just want to send my best to you, Mike, Pat, Jason, John Wertner, and the whole gang there at the Great Show. Keep making the world laugh, my friend. Have a great day, and please don't gomp gomp me. All right, take care, my friend. Have a good day. Wait, wait, what, 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 the, what the hell was that? What was what? Your crimio call.
0: Criméo call. I, I don't know what a Crimeo call is.
5: Well, you've heard of Cameo, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know that thing where c- celebrities charge a certain amount of money to record video messages for people?
0: No, no, no. I know what Cameo is. I know what Cameo. It's the the site where you get you know I guess uh David Faustino or whoever comes on and says happy birthday you know yeah and I know what it is you know who's who's like a
5: a big player in that world Bob Dylan Bob Dylan is big on cameo loves to do them it's really interesting he'll he'll do a lot of research too so it'll be something like hey uh Fred it's Bob Dylan I just want to say that uh, I heard you're having a tough time and uh I know you went to, uh, Souderton High School, and I was curious if you were in touch with anyone from back then, and I know you've, you've got a 78 Impala that's supposed to be really cranking. Stuff like that, like things like you wouldn't really know about someone. He, he does the research. It's interesting.
0: That is so strange that Bob Dylan would be so, so incredibly thorough with, uh, with, with doing re, well, I guess he's always been a little bit of a researcher.
5: Uh, Little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he borrows. I, th- I think that's how he would he would say. Yeah, he would, he would call it. He well, anyway, Criméo takes that concept uh-huh. to its logical logical next step by offering a veritable who's who of the finest criminal minds of our time to leave personal audio messages for your friends and loved ones. So it's a so. It's, it's that, it's
0: cameo, but with crime, criminals. That's, oh my god, that's such a strength. Wait, you know what I wanna know? You said at the start of the, the thing that you're the Newbridge Ransacker? Is this, you're really the Newbridge Ransacker?
5: At your service. You know, I think we actually spoke a couple times over the years. The Newbridge Ransacker is my, how would you say, uh, name to crime, but my real name, is Reggie Monroe?
0: Hold on, Reggie Monroe. Uh-huh.
5: This is oh my
0: god! It is you used to call the best show a, a fair amount or uh, years ago. I and, did. Yeah, you know, for people who don't know, you are a member of the the I guess the infamous Monroe family is the way to put it. You know, you guys are a local Newbridge uh, family. You're always getting into it and always getting in trouble with the authorities. And, but you in particular, Reggie, you're the guy who's known for getting thrown off of survivor and like an early season of survivor. Cause if I remember correctly, you said you, um, you got caught having a pant rummage out in the bushes.
5: Yeah. And I think, uh, I think your, your listeners can let their minds run wild and figure out what that, uh, what, what that means. Uh, not a, not a high point of my life, that's for sure. And, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, ever since then it's been, um, it's been a crazy ride, you know, uh, after that survivor debacle where they called me whitewalling my hand. I, I was pretty much persona all gratin. You know, just for the yeah. public, basically, the, the entire public. I, I, I put a book out called Caught with My Board Shorts Down and, that turned out to be Scribner's worst selling book of the aughts and then uh my my new metal album uh nonstop jungle crankathon that basically sunk zero hour records so not a great not a yeah. great period no that's a that's a pretty uh that's a that's a cold streak very very and then you know when you get on these cold streaks it's it's hard to get out of them and I ended up addicted to blue. Uh one thing led to another and before you know it I'm ransacking upwards to fifteen houses a night just to get my rocks off. Nothing like crazy or, or you know debauched, just, just kind of seeing who's got what, moving a couple lamps and chairs around, you know, just kind of good clean fun until I got caught trying to put some guy's mattress up on his roof.
0: Well, look I, I why? why I, I, the main thing I guess I want to know is, I'm going to just overlook Good Clean Fun, uh, but why were you putting someone's mattress on a roof?
5: Well, I, I mean, that's like asking Sir Eggman and Hillary why they wanted to climb Mount Everest, and I'll give you the same answer those guys gave, because it's totally fun. To
0: put a mattress on a roof?
5: It's pretty cool. I mean, it's, they're heavy. You, can, you gotta get the right size. And then it's, it's up on the roof and he comes back and he's just like, where is my mattress? And then someone across the street says, hey Herb, check out your roof.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, it sounds it's like some, it. some real, it sounds like some good times.
5: It is good times, but you know what wasn't good times? What's that? When I got busted and sent to court, not a single Member of the survivor family would appear as a character witness for me. Do you believe that? Fairweather friends. Well, I mean, but to be fair,
0: in their defense, you were kicked off the show for being extremely creepy.
5: Well, that's that's very debatable, but you know, it it hurt my feelings real bad because I finally find one thing that I'm great at, which is ransacking, and you know, and then society chimes in and they have their say and. Here I sit for the next seven years in the hut.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
5: It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem quite fair, but you know, off topic a little bit, Tom. Yeah. I was going through your Twitter feed mm-hmm. and I need to ask you something. What's that? Are you okay? W- what do you mean, am I okay? Well, if I could get serious for a second, you're the only person on social media who hasn't posted about Fiona Apple's new album being the greatest work of art in the history of recorded music, and it just kind of worried me and I'm I'm sure your listeners are are wondering about it also. So, what's going on? Um
0: yeah, well, I haven't had a chance to listen to the album yet, so I didn't I also just didn't feel like it was important to be a part of the uh the rush to to have an opinion on, on this record. Like it's kind of funny. It's like no one's talking about it now. Like interesting how that works, right? Yeah. It's like, you'd kind of think if somebody made a masterpiece and I'm not saying the record's not a masterpiece. I honestly haven't heard it yet, but it's amazing that people seem to be slightly done with the masterpiece.
5: Yeah, it's like, ah, oh my god, it's insanely great. Man, I'm done with it.
0: Yeah, like, what's next? Yeah, yeah. They John Crime?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, I was a big fan a couple of days ago, even though I never mentioned him tw- for 20 years.
0: Yeah, fair amount of, fair amount of, uh, fans la- laying, <laughs> I guess like just kind of laying in wait to, to proclaim that someone's, that, that was actually their favorite artist ever.
5: Yeah. Not into it. I don't know. I mean, you know, to each his own, but you know, to 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 me not theirs, right?
0: Yeah. To to each to each his own, their own. To me, look, I I just I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a thing. I it's always what if there was an app that would prevent people from that would monitor people's actual fandom on a thing. To show whether they were fa- actual fans of somebody when they pass away.
5: It pulls, it pulls your, your iTunes library, your Spotify stuff to and prove that you've never had any interest in that person.
0: Yeah. You never once searched for or listened to or typed John Prine into anything. Until you found out that he had passed away, and then the record shows that you frantically scrambled to, <laughs>
5: and, <laughs> and it also says that that your eyes only took in the title "Hello" in there mm-hmm. when you when you went to Spotify.
1: Yeah, the, just
0: to show that that's as far as you went. Exactly. Um, yeah, now that would be, uh, I, I wish that existed. But you know what? Look, I, I, I want to know more about this, this, is it Cremio? Crimeo? Crimeo? Crimeo, yes. Crimeo. Yeah. I want to know more Although about- Crimeo, Crimeo is better though, I think. But I think, I get why it's Crimeo. Crimeo's... Look, I, I want to just know the this thing, regardless of how you say it, it's just like the concept of it seems so... Like inappropriate, I guess is the best word I could come up with.
5: Well, Tom, you know, as it says in Corinthians twenty and nineteen, inappropriateness is in the eye of the beholder, and thou best findeth inappropriateness and all its flagrants shall inherit the multitudes. Yeah, Tom, I'm a Christian now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I hope that's working for you. Um, like, who else is doing these crimio calls? Oh my god,
5: all the all the big names in lockup. Um off the top of my head, um Michael Cohen, uh Roger Stone, OJ, uh who else? Paul Manafort, Cannibal Corpse guitarist Pat O'Brien, uh Phil Spector, El Chapo. He's like Dylan. He loves to research. El Chapo does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he'll get to, he'll find out everything about someone and just like kind of pepper his standard pitch. You know, his, it has like a, we all have kind of boilerplate things that we do, but we add to it. And he's, he's like out of, out of, out of the stratosphere in terms of the personal touches he puts in. It's pretty impressive.
0: It also sounds, uh, like it would be slightly terrifying.
5: Yeah, it's like, how does El Chapo know where I park my car every day, yeah,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that would maybe spook me a little bit that I, El Chapo just congratulated me on graduating from from business school, and he also knows my license plate
5: number exactly and uh hope hope you're liking sitting in in that that beige chair right now, like he goes that deep, it's sick
0: wow, that's weird so those so those are some pretty big uh big names.
5: Those are the big hitters. But you know, there, there's all, there's lesser known criminals available for those who are on, on a tighter budget. There's um uh there's El Gordo, uh Little Teensy Mike, uh the Night Rummager, Amish Fred, the Midday Stalker, uh Dr. Hacksaw, the MILF arsonist. I still can't believe that was the official name they gave that case. It's it's kind of insulting, isn't it? Like derogatory. I think, yeah, there's something about it. Everybody else
0: gets a name that is, like, not – there's something that's, like, that's kind of, like, reductive about that. Like, it reduces – just like, oh, it's the Milfarsonist.
5: Right. And it was weird because it was a guy. Yeah. So I never could quite figure that out. But uh, who else? There's uh, uh, the Cartwheel Bandit, uh, the early morning tonsil thief, uh, Ken Grabhorn. Who Who is Ken Grabhorn? Oh Ken Grabhorn is that that um, Huckster filmmaker who made all those animal themed movies that have like titles and packaging and posters that are really just meant to mislead the public into thinking they're a, a what do you call it a re-release of of a classic film
0: Mhm I don't, I don't think I know about these movies like what what are some of the what are some of the movies he made
5: well, he had one called Catty Shack, but it was spelled C-A-T-T-Y, like, so, like, for cats. It's a, it basically was like a shack where cats lived. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Uh, what else was there? Uh, Doctor Strange Dove, uh, Animal Horse, The Wizard of Owls, uh, Bridal of Frankenstein, Good Feathers, uh, but he, what got him popped was he pushed it too far with, um, The Raging Bull and Silence of the Lambs basically he just added the to Raging Bull and he took away the the from Silence of the Lambs.
0: Oh no that's that's really playing with the line too just so the movie was called The Raging Bull.
1: Yes yeah.
0: And yeah. he's just he's not going to correct anybody if they make these if they mistake his for the the Martin Scorsese movie.
5: Yeah that's their problem. And the yeah. posters are super based on the original poster. Very, you know, very, very kind of sleazy guy, but he's, he, he, he does great, great cameos, that's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know,
5: and, and these calls, I gotta say, they're, they're pretty fun to do. It's, a, it's a, it's a real time killer, you know, cause we, we have nothing but time in here. Um, we don't get to keep the money, unfortunately. Um, what, what we do is each of us will pick a charity and uh-huh. we'll give money, money to that charity. Oh okay. Um, that's a nice so that's a It is. It's cool. It's cool. And right now my money goes to a charity up in New Hampshire called the Kevin Allen Foundation and what they do is they provide jock straps, combat boots and helmets to kids in need.
0: Kids in need of what?
5: Uh of jock straps, combat boots and helmets?
0: Wow. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that was a thing at all that kids Needed. I didn't realize kids needed those. I mean, Kevin Allen is Gigi Allen. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So
5: there's a foundation set up, and I guess. Um, well, you know, it's in memory of, of Gigi Allen. I'm not sure if, if if you knew this, but but Tom he passed on uh, several years ago.
0: I I, I had heard uh, it, it was untimely. Um, I just uh, sometimes it's just. I feel like he had so much to give
5: still. He he did. And what's great is his brother Merle is, is still giving. It's really great. He he comes up and and he'll do these uh these little presentations and and lectures and right now um he's working on hopefully things will clear up by by fall and we can get rolling again. Um he's working on a um a Hitler mustache workshop so so the kids can really really get their Hitler mustache happening well that's that's
0: that's uh yeah that's great that he's doing that and that he's taking this he's kind of assuming the mantle i guess which is he is which is nice and it's also great that Merle is is i know he was very reticent to be associated with just like the legacy of his brother or
5: Super shy, super yeah. shy. Wants to be known for his own thing.
0: Yeah, didn't want to come off like he was cashing in on it or anything. Nope. But it's nice not to
5: see. Him find so, what's
1: that?
0: No, he's 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 he. It,
5: it took a lot of prodding apparently for him to throw his hat in this ring.
0: To finally just say, like, yes, Gigi's my brother, and I'm not, but I'm not here to make money off of it.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Hey, speaking of money, yeah, the the actual civilian celebrities who 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 do cameo they they do get to keep their money, uh huh, and that can really add up. There's like people like um Charlize Theron, Jonah Hill, uh Jim Florentine. These people are practically printing money.
0: Yeah, well, that's a different. There's a little bit of a drop off on that list you just did. That's what do you mean? Charlize Theron is an Oscar. Winner, right? And, um, Jonah Hill's a big movie star, and and then I mean Jim florentine's a successful stand-up comic, but he's I don't know if he's in the same league as 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 Charlize Theron or Jonah. Oh,
5: Hill. I I thought he was a big deal. I I don't know his stuff.
0: Yeah, well, he's the guy. He's basically known for he's like the. The stand up that talks about I guess there's a couple guys, him and Jim Brewer, I guess all the is it the Jim? is the does your name have to be Jim
5: maybe I think Jim Brewer's hilarious. I love the goat boy thing he did. I could listen to that forever
0: forever, That's so huh? fun,
5: so funny, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't well, run out of doesn't run out of gas at all for you? Oh my god, no. People say he's a one trick goat, but no way, man. So what do you think like like a, a crinio or a cameo call from Jim Florentine might sound like?
0: Um I'll do like uh Hey Reggie, uh just wanna let you know uh happy uh happy birthday, uh congratulations on all the success and uh you know as ozzy would say uh that uh you know you're you're running off the rails of a crazy train and uh ozzy would uh say with uh, Angus would play guitar on the thing and ozzy would do the thing
5: i like i think it's got you know he actually gets i think he gets at least 200 clams a call really yeah yeah um,
0: uh, God bless him.
5: Hey, speaking of God, yeah, Tom. One thing they they teach us in here is that we need to make amends to our 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 victims. Okay. And honestly, that's why I didn't charge your friend Jake Fugelnorp when he contacted me about this this crimial call.
0: Okay, I, I I don't exactly know where you're going with this,
5: Tom. Um. I ransacked your house in the summer of 2015.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That was, I did the best show. Right. Yeah. 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 And I came home and stuff was just like slightly out of sorts. Like I remember my, I had an Emerson, like and Palmer Tarkas jigsaw puzzle that was like messed up. And the, the edge pieces were, were like, a couple of them were popped off of the puzzle and then my sleeveless Andrew dice clay shirt was missing. And then, I mean, now I remember I was, I wondered, my wacky packages were just everywhere just strewn all over the den. And I
5: had no idea. So that was, that was you. Yeah. And, um, all right. Full confession. I also did a little dinkle on your wings back to the egg throw rug
0: Oh my god, I thought my
5: dog had done that. I screamed, that I screamed at I screamed at my dog. Oh no, I'm sorry. Oh boy. I don't I don't know. I just saw it there and I thought I got to do this because like, you know, before it's totally fun.
0: Yeah, cuz I was like I was like yelling at my dog. I was like this is the this was the first record he did after he left Capitol and He's, he's on a different label. This is a big promotional deal for this back-to-the-egg rug.
5: And then what did your dog say when you told him that?
0: Did, my, my dog didn't say anything. Oh. I, was, I was a little out of control. It, it, it upset me very much.
5: You were, as um, Willie Ames said, deep in the flesh.
0: Yes, I was very much in the flesh at that point.
5: Ooh, you know, I gotta say, Tom, it it feels good to get that off my chest. Uh huh. Um, I really feel a, a a a big sense of of what I can just call healing. And um, speaking of of healing, I, I, have you seen that that short video that's been going around of that ecumenical minister? What's his name? Um, uh, Reverend Pete. Everyone's mm-hmm. going nuts over this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did, I did see it and it, yeah, it's, it is very comforting that, cause it's like, it's, you know, times like these, it's just like, it's, it's, I, I really can't think of the last time I saw someone who seemed to, to truly care that much for, for, uh, his fellow man, for just all humanity and just being like, like with true compassion and, and true emotion.
5: Yeah, I I guess the message is cool. I I don't know. I just couldn't get past those jokes. Oh
0: yeah, I mean he did he did say a few funny things.
1: Funny?
5: You think that's funny? Yikes!
0: Wait, no. What do you what do you mean yikes? I mean he's he's a minister. Um,
5: well, no, I know, I know. It's it's just like I guess I was just kind of shocked that people were saying how funny he is when he'd say stuff like. You know your your fearful thoughts are are basically just like little dust bunnies that are running around in your mind, and they they really shouldn't be paid that much attention to and People are just going going just laughing so much about you know this reverend talking about dust bunnies it, it It just struck me as being really basic, and I don't know the more I thought about it, the more I just thought, I doubt this guy even knows that there was a English office before there was." The American one. I don't know.
0: So, so wait. So you're you're gonna actually you're holding this guy to some pretty high standards in, well, in comedy. Like he's he's a he's a he's a minister.
5: I know, but would it kill these guys to like learn more about SCTV than just like Bob and Doug? There's more out there, you know. I don't know. It's just I. I don't know. I guess I, I like you said. I guess I do hold my people of the cloth to higher comical standards.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you want him to do? The the key and peel sketch uh with the heckler. Uh, like you want him to do
5: that verbatim? I would love it. Uh, it doesn't have to be verbatim, but just like in the middle of it, if if he could just say,
1: "I thought." I could
5: take it but I can't. I think that would go over great. Mm,
1: okay. I don't I, know. Don't, I don't know. I don't know.
5: All right, we we could we'll just we could differ on this all night but um let's go about the minister. That's that's fine. You know Tom, I did some research on you and it turns out you're a pretty big deal. Uh okay. Here's the deal. I think you could make some flagrant coin with Cameo. Okay. Okay. You could probably charge at least $250 a call. And I think, you know, if, if it went well, which I can't imagine it wouldn't, it would only be a matter of time before you were in the Cameo gold circle. That's where the big names are. And basically these people write their own ticket. They charge however much they want. They have very substantial waiting lists for calls. So it's, I mean, that's, it's a big money maker. For the gold circle. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could be, could be huge. Uh-huh. You know, think about it. You could get, I mean, you, it would change your life money wise. You could get a new car. You could have a killer vacay in Vegas, you know, play the tables. Go see Sick Feet and Roy and Shirk This Olay, you know, really just do it right. All the buffets. The world would pretty much be your coaster at that point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, hey, can I, just, can I just, can we hit pause there for a second, Reggie? Your you, sure. The idea of, I'm going to go see, to Vegas to see S- Sick Feet and Roy.
5: Yeah. You never heard of Sick Feet and Roy?
0: No, 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 I, actually no, I never have heard of Sick Feet and Roy. You're, you're 100% right. I have heard of Siegfried and Roy, who I don't even think are performing anymore. But oh. I think, um, and what was the
5: other thing that I could go see? The other show you oh, It's this amazing spectacle. Um, it's called Shirk This Olay.
0: Shirk, like shirk responsibility.
5: Shirk. This, Sir, com-
0: yes. com- comma, and then comma. ole. Shirk this, comma, Olay. Yeah. You mean circ du sole?
1: What?
5: I don't know what you're on about. What? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're thinking of a whole other Vegas. I don't know, man. All I know is what's what what happens in Vegas doesn't is not told to people who are, who were not there. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's the that's the slogan. Um. Yeah, well I guess if I did do it, the world could be my coaster. And It could be. That would really just everything would go my way. Um I don't know. I, um
1: yeah. I hope I I haven't put the uh what is it? Put the cart. I hope I haven't put the cart on top. What is it? You put
0: the cart before the horse.
5: Hope I haven't put the cart say it again? Now put, forget it.
1: Okay, alright.
5: Okay, I hope I haven't, haven't, uh, uh, gone over my, the boundaries that have been, have been established. Nah, that, that's, that's guilty too. Let me just jump to it. I, I've been texting with, with Rolf. He's one of the upper VPs at Cameo.
1: Mhm.
5: He's very interested in you. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's Googling you right now. Yeah. Yeah, just sort of hang on man. Right, and right now. To, Yep, prepare to get fat checks and unlimited amounts of money.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I, I can go for some fat
5: checks. Right? This could be a whole new era for you. You know, I feel like you've been chained to that elementary school bus announcement microphone for so long that you don't know what else is out there.
0: Yeah, well, that's a little unfair, but um, I am interested in fat checks. I'm not going to...
5: You deserve it.
0: I like fat checks, and I cannot lie. I think I get it. It's
5: uh-huh. a song. Yeah. Oh, no. What? Oof. Well,
1: right, well Rolf,
5: ju- Rolf just wrote back.
1: Okay.
5: He said, um, going by what he's read online and what people have been telling him, and after crunching some huge celebrity data numbers, um, looks like I overshot my estimate of what you could charge by a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm okay well well, how much does he think I could charge to do cameo a dollar thirty two
5: a dollar thirty two yeah to just no it's not much it's yeah it's not much i don't i don't know i don't get it I, I I don't get it, but you know a way- a positive way of looking at this, yeah, you know times are tough for everyone right now, you could be. Known as Tom Sharpling, the affordable FT. Oh, well,
0: that's just a great, so just there's a giant asterisk next to me.
5: Well, you get enough of them, like you do, I don't know, you do like 200 a day? Oh, no, well, if I do 200 a day, that puts me, uh,
0: around, what, around the $240 mark?
5: Yeah, I guess that puts you at like one Jim Florentine call.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I could do two days worth of. I could do two hundred a day for two days, and then I could afford one Jim Florentine call.
5: That would brighten your spirits, wouldn't it?
0: No, it wouldn't brighten my spirits. I don't want to do these for a dollar
5: thirty-two. I don't want to. Right. I'm not going to do uh, whatever. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to help. All right, you know. And speaking of brighten brightening brightening days. Looks like it's time for me to do my next Cremio call. We Hang on. I'm just going to get my other phone here. Hang on.
1: Okay. okay. It'll be quick. Hi,
5: Brad. It's the one and only Newbridge Night Slapper. You know, the buzz around prison is you've been keeping it reeling, and writing totally amazing dryer sheet commercials from home during this very trying time in world history. just want to send my best to you, Jesse, Little Pete, Tripp, Matty Bones, and everyone else at the Dude Abides Marketing. Keep making the world cool, my friend. Have a great day and or night pertaining to when you receive this message. Goodbye. Hey, Reggie. Yeah. Did you just
0: say you're also the Newbridge night slapper
5: on that call? I did. I I did. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Cuz yeah, I think I you've heard about me, right? Yeah, I've more than heard about you. Look, um I want to apologize for the seven times I broke into your house and went to town on your cheeks.
0: Wait, seven times? Yeah. Uh
5: I don't know about seven. Okay. I don't know anything about that. You know, you're a very deep sleeper, and several times you were in the middle of very vivid nightmares where you seemed to be reliving some horrific incident involving Patty Smith. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I had a feeling that um maybe one time the Newbridge Night Slapper had
5: come in to my home seven times. Seven times, yeah. So you, what you you felt it once, or you you heard me creeping? Yeah, one time I just
0: had it. I suspected it, but say you you you
5: night slapped me seven times, seven different times, and I I I, I wailed. I did wail. I'm like I, I would ne- I would never do more than four slaps total, two per cheek. Okay. But I made I made him count, that's for sure. Which which puts it around th- you slapped me like 30 times then. I did. Yeah, and several times it was like that scene in uh in Tommy Boy where he says, "Richard, is there a mark on my face? Because it hurts from here to all the way to here." Mm-hmm. It was like that.
1: So
0: okay, well, uh, that doesn't do me a whole lot of good knowing it. Oh, that
5: well, maybe, maybe you didn't
0: know this. Yeah, I don't. I don't
5: know. I don't know. Yeah. so- But look, anyway, I, I, I got a boogie. Um, I'm sorry about that. Um, I will definitely stay in touch because I will absolutely need a place to crash when I get out. And just, just. You know, to put this out there right now, I don't love getting up super early, so we'll need to make some kind of arrangement where you keep it down when you're lugging your ass out of bed and, you know, clanking around in the kitchen, fixing breakfast on it, all that stuff. So we'll figure that out. All right, bye bye.
0: Okay, well, I mean, that's something we can talk about, Reggie. I mean, Reggie? Reggie? Huh. I oh, yeah, actually, I don't know. I do still have those nightmares. Trapped in an elevator. Humble pie. Back in the day. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to The Best Show. We appreciate you supporting it and keeping it going. And patreon.com slash The Best Show is how you support the show. We don't do um ads or anything. This is how we keep the show going, so thanks for the support, and we keep all kinds of cool content going up over there that you are only going to be able to get at Patreon. Like, so far, the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young show we've been doing, which is so much fun, and there's more stuff going up over there, and thanks for supporting it, and listen to Double Threat, the podcast I do with Julie Klausner,
1: and
0: get that wherever you get podcasts. And stay safe and take care of yourselves. And thanks, everybody. We will talk next time.
6: Now, is B-Buster going to call up or what? Or is he a total... I've been having this uh, little discussion online with a uh, friend of Tom who is a good guy. His his name is B-Buster. And he's been uh, making the case, You don't like popular music and you like you just like records that no one buys and saying that like my uh appreciation of homestead uh homestead records and uh the uh, track record of uh the uh gerard cosloy is that i'm some sort of uh psychopath or something that i uh i'm like under somebody's spell is this him yeah. Thank you for calling. Okay. Now, how old are you, first of all?
2: Being... I'm uh, 42. No, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> are you seriously? Yeah. How old did you think I was? I don't know. <laughs> I saw The Clash. I'm old enough to see The Clash.
6: Okay. So you saw The Clash. Yeah. Now, you want... You say that Dinosaur Jr. stink.
2: Well, I've listened to... I, You know, I was a fan of theirs. Did you ever hear the album, You're Living All Over Me? You know, I have that, but I sort of soured on them to to the point where I, I didn't even listen to it. What? All right, I'll listen to it.
6: <laughs> okay. No,
2: I listened to I, li- I listened to some of your stuff le- recently, and it just it just sounded so terrible to me. Which were what record? I don't know what it was from. Oh, well, maybe, maybe the uh, what was the one after uh, freak scene?
6: Well, uh-huh. bug. It goes dinosaur. You're living all over me, bug. And then like Green Mind is next, which I have no time for.
2: Yeah, I came in late anyway. I came in after Green Mind, believe it or not. Oh wow, uh, you came too late yeah, to the party, No, my I know, friend. I know, but you know That
6: ain't Tommy's
1: fault.
2: <laughs> I mean I saw them live and you know, I just thought it was bad. What year? Uh probably, you know, yeah, later. Uh we'll then you them came after too, Green Mind. You
6: came too late to the party. <laughs> That's not my fault.
2: So 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 they were over with by that point? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you, you claimed that they were—they were never over with.
6: I said that they have two and a half great albums.
2: And which two are those?
6: They're—they're they're, uh, you can pull two and a half great albums out of their first three albums. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dinosaur, you're living all over me, and Bug.
2: Okay, I have Bug, and you're living all over me.
6: You're living all over me is an epic, my friend.
2: Yeah. Okay.
6: It's waiting there for you.
2: <laughs> all right, I'll go back you should at your, go at back your urging i'll go back
6: it should be at your own urging because <laughs> you're missing out on something
2: like i said I, I i heard something recently and it was just like what was was i mad when i was listening to them you were probably I mean, high that, come on the vocals the vocals the it, vocals they're not good
6: Ugh. yeah you know not of what you speak <laughs> now who is a good singer then to you who is your favorite rock and roll singer
2: well, no, I mean, I like all the, the classic guys you like, Uh huh. you know, Rolling Stones, CCR, Neil Young, you know, I, I like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah,
6: so Neil Young is a good singer, but uh, Jay J. Maskus isn't.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> I would say that. I'll stand by that. Oh, you're completely wrong, then. <laughs> oh, you don't like Neil, Neil Young singing at all?
6: Oh, no, I like both of them.
2: Uh-huh, okay. Well, it's a personal thing, then.
6: No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. there. In this case, there is a right uh-huh. and a wrong, and I'm right and you're wrong.
2: All right. Well, like I said, I'll That go Dinosaur
6: back. Jr. album is indisputably great.
2: I'll go back and, and, I'll, and I'll weigh in again. I'll reassess. How about that?
6: Yes. I, I don't think there's even... It's not even up for debate. Okay. <laughs> all right. Are you a fan of the first Nirvana album?
2: Uh... Yeah, I heard it. I mean, I you know, yeah, I was a little late to them too. Well, how late? You know, never mind.
6: Was he dead already when you got to the party?
2: <laughs> no, no, and actually, I like in utero better than Nevermind.
6: Yeah, me too. Nevermind is kind of cruddy.
2: Well, right? I, I think it, it had its impact at the time.
1: Yeah,
6: yeah, it did. It it, it paved the way for um, <laughs> it, it paved the way for all those great bands like Eve Six,
2: Or Afghan wigs.
6: Yeah, and the Afghan Wigs, <laughs> and another horrifying band. Yeah, it, it, the Screaming it made,
2: Trees. Yeah, it oh, made them, don't forget
6: them. Hey, I won't get on the Screaming Trees. They had a couple good albums before they. uh The Screaming Trees. You add up their body work at the end of the day, uh, my friend, and it, there's some stuff there. Uh
2: huh. So you don't like the Afghan Wigs?
6: No, they're terrible.
2: Oh, Cosloy was a big fan of theirs. Oh,
6: well, good for him. Is <laughs> my name Cosloy? <laughs> What is it with that? What do you think but I'm him? You're the one who called him the man with the golden ears, and he was <laughs> and is. So what happened with the Afghan wigs? You know what? Did he put Afghan wigs records out? No, I don't think so. Of course he didn't. But you know what? He could be a fan of him. I'm not him. <laughs> what do you want me to be a- in lockstep with this guy?
2: <laughs> well, you were—you had him up on a the pedestal there. You know, I, how I, I, dare I, you? I didn't know it was going to cause such a, uh, a a ruckus there. You
6: have who's. Hey, look, if I Look, he's not my hero. Uh I appreciate the records that he put out.
2: That was what? quite a, quite a tribute you Yeah, uh, well yeah, yeah, because
6: you were doing quite a uh you were doing <laughs> quite a broadside on him. So I had to go the other way. I had no way of getting Oh, he get was reaction. jealous. He was jealous. That, that uh slanted and enchanted, God! He got his thunder stolen, but you're just making up this science fiction. But well, you don't think so Cosway had to to a lay... lot of uh, records? Somebody had to lay down some truth in that thread. You don't think Cosway wanted to sell a lot of records? Of course records? he did, and he did sell a lot of records. But no, nowhere near Nevermind. Yeah, you know what? Not a lot of records sold uh, near what Nevermind yeah. sold.
2: You don't think he would have wanted to have a Nevermind in his career? You think he's that anti-commercial?
6: I don't think he's anti-commercial at all. Uh-huh. I just think, you know, you put records out. If they sell, they sell. If they don't, they don't. If they're good, that's what you can worry about. Uh-huh. You can't control the marketplace. No. But you can control whether the records you put out are any good. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So what, what matters at the end of the day? Do I get a piece of Nevermind. No. I get my check in the mouth because I'm a Nirvana fan. <laughs> hey, I just got $380 because it sold 11 million copies. <laughs> no! <laughs> I don't care. I just want when I buy a record for it to be good. Uh-huh. That's all I care about. I don't know about you, though. Well,
2: I still stand that never mind's a good record.
6: Yeah, it's all right. Okay. But it's not that good. It's overrated. I'd say it's drastically overrated that if, if he was alive, that record would be nowhere rated as highly as it is ten years after the fact now.
2: Well, I don't know about that.
6: Yeah, you think you think that now Nirvana would have put out three albums after In Utero, and then people would have gotten off board, and then Nirvana would have broken up and, or done side projects and stuff. You don't think that the impact would have been lessened? I mean, it's the classic story of when the guy dies, you know, the icon... Dying and then becoming immortal. Okay. You, you think that Nirvana would have been as famous and as much a band on the, on the, uh, landscape of, of popular music if, if Kurt Cobain was alive and well right now?
2: No. I mean, it, it, it seems like, yeah, he, he would have eventually, uh, broken off on his own.
6: And put out crummy albums.
2: <laughs> yeah. It could, could have pulled a Paul Westerberg.
6: Yeah, exactly. Uh I mean, but if Paul Westerberg died after Tim came out, Uh you don't think that you don't think that they would have been completely legendary? You don't think he would have found oh, this these fans would have found him just because he was dead?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. You know, you know, if you go out at your at your peak, you know, it's it's going to make more of an impact.
6: And that's what happened to Kurt Cobain. That record, and I'm not even. Complaining. I'm just saying that's the way it is, though. Uh-huh. Look at Pearl Jam now. If, 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 uh, if uh, what's-his-face, Eddie Vedder had died after uh, their third album came out, don't you think it would have been, oh, my God, Pearl Jam is just like Eddie Vedder. Like, everybody would have just been talking about Eddie's legacy. Why, well, I never liked Pearl Jam. Yeah, that's beside the point, though. I'm just talking about impact on the culture. Uh-huh.
2: Well, now they've turned into the Grateful Dead.
6: Exactly, but that—what do you think Nirvana would have turned into? You think they would have been uh, pure by this point? They would have stunk by this point. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I'll go back, do my homework. Do your homework. All right, young man. Okay. And check this out. (laughs) I want you to listen to this record. This is the record you're going to go listen to. Okay. And everybody, this is WFMU East Orange, WXHD Mount Hope Worldwide on the World Wide Web at WFMU.org. This has been the best show on WFMU. We will be back next Tuesday for another exciting installment. And if you want that membership card or that pen sent to you, I'm getting a bunch of them out this week. Go to friendsoftom.com and just email and say, I want the pen, I want the membership card. It's that easy. We'll get it at you. Just give me your address. And here is Dinosaur Jr., the leadoff cut from You're Living All Over Me. You ready for this? I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. For little fury things, you ready? Yeah. You don't have it in you. You're not ready.
2: You want me to go turn my radio off?
6: Yes. All right. I want to hear it up. (laughs) Okay.
2: Is Clay here? Is he ready?
1: He's talking to Dan. Hey, Clay,
6: I'm ready? Can I play a record? I'm ready. I mean, is he, is he ready ready? I'm ready. I'm seeing if Clay's ready. <laughs> okay. Well, check this out, son. <laughs> You know what? You're going to check it out next week. You're going to go do the homework. Clay's here. Okay, bye. You ready? Okay, let's do it. I vamp until you come in. You know what, B Buster? Your motor mouth just took up too much time. It's time for, it's time for the pounding system with my friend Clay. <laughs>